The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Bidwell from the Elk River Haunted Float in Pineville, Missouri, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Ariel Ramoldi from the Graveyard Get Down Music and Haunt Fest in Carthage, North Carolina, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, I'm Larry Bone from Boneyard Effects, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Carrie from Spectral Illusions. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Bruce Stanton with the Reign of Terror Haunted House out of Thousand Oaks, California, and I'm with The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Jeremy from the Los Angeles Ghostbusters, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Keone from the Haunting You podcast, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Yo, what up? It's August. It falls just around the corner. But down here in SoCal, that's Southern California, it's always summer. And Badger just spent time here, even though he's a Benny, covering midsummer screaming Long Beach. He spent time checking out the sand, the fish tacos, the nugs, and all the spookiness that midsummer scream has to offer. There was so much going on that on episode 269 of the Big Scary Show, He can only offer part one of their coverage of Midsummer Scream, and they'll have to save the rest for later. If you weren't there, you'll feel like you were. Storm's ranting, of course, in a hot minute. Meat Hook Jim is talking about medieval torture devices in between the corpses. That's pretty rad. Badger brings you the latest in Deadline news. And the old crone is back, talking about avoiding the haunt crud. There's a new gruesome giveaway for the month of August, so get stoked for that. Remember, you can't win if you don't enter. (laughs) The Round Table of Terror discusses some radical events happening this fall and how they're connected with a couple of haunted attractions. You'll want to make sure to stick around for that. 
Now there's still time to wax up your sticks, load up the woody, and hit the beach for some tasty waves before the cooler weather gets here. But even if you can't hit the beach, come on down to SoCal and enjoy all the Midsummer Scream 2022 coverage here on episode 269 of the Big Scary Show. Surf's up, dudes. You'll meet her at night in a dark place. She's beautiful, and she'll be waiting for you, waiting to love you to death. New World Pictures presents The Velvet Vampire. She'll love you to death. And on the same bill, this second horror shocker, Scream of the Demon Lover. Was he a man, or was he the depraved monster resurrected from a grisly death to stalk the night with a loathsome craving which only the most unspeakable horrors could satisfy? You'll find out when you hear The Scream of the Demon Lover. It may be the last sound you hear. See The Velvet Vampire and Scream of the Demon Lover, both in shocking color, rated R. If you see them at night, don't walk home alone. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live on the floor of Midsummer Scream here in beautiful Long Beach, California. And I see this guy here every single year, usually by the front doors. They moved him to the back here, probably because there's so many people here that he needed the room. It's Larry Bones from Boneyard Effects, not too far up the road. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing very well, very well. Very happy to be here. Finally feel like we're back at home and life is returning to normal to some degree. After three years, life has returned to Midsummer Scream and if last night was any indication, the rest of this weekend is just going to be insane. Absolutely, absolutely. As we came in today, I already saw the lines outside, and they are huge as expected. <laughs> so I can only imagine that momentarily this place is going to be packed with people. Yeah, the doors are the doors are technically open for the uh, gold VIP members and all that. Uh, they're getting ready to open for the rest of the folks. But uh, tell us what you've got here. I know you've you know Boneyard Effects does a lot of latex products, great, great masks, great prosthetics, great effects, and everything. But you've got a new line of stuff coming out. We do, we do. We've kind of added to our line of foam latex prosthetics. We, we, we actually had six new designs actually coming out just for foam here in a few weeks, but we've also added now our latex, their, their strap-on fit latex masks. That are, for people that are a little intimidated, don't feel like they're artistic enough, we've had many people saying, I'd love to wear one of these things. But I don't have a little intimidated with paint, so we've added this new line of slip latex masks. They, they, they're pre-painted, basically, is what they look like. Exactly. Exactly. And, and some of them are absolutely creepy. I see clowns, I see monsters, demons, all sorts of creepy, crawly things, lots of blood, as opposed to your un, unedited, uncreatable, yes. regular, normal mask. That, yes, absolutely. So, you know, do you have, like, are, are each of these, like, a one-of-a-kind, or are they customized, or do you have, like this on a pattern and a template and you just run off a, a batch of these actually right we actually these are all one of a kind so we just sit down and just paint them out or whatever color we want to work with that day and we actually offer these things so we can do custom paint jobs on these things for no additional cost someone says hey i would like a zombie clown we'll make you a zombie clown maybe my logo on the forehead your or logo something. on your forehead we'll do all of that that's all included in our price so uh, so yeah so these are all very unique they're, they're again they're creepy as all get out and i love the designs that you have here and you also have brought back your makeup artists and studio people here it looks like we have after all this long time out of covid <laughs> of not being able to bring your makeup stage back we're finally bringing your makeup stage back so we have 
14 makeup artists coming in over the weekend, wow. so we're going to have lots of creepy crawlies coming out of our makeup stage. It looks like it's going to be a fun time. For people wanting to know more about Boneyard Effects and uh, maybe bruise your calendar here, check out the new line of pre-painted masks and prosthetics. Where can they get more information with websites, social medias, etc.? Well, our main base is www.boneyardfx.com. But is that the word FX or the letters? The letters FX. Yeah, but if you want to go directly to our online store, that would be fxfaces.com. fxfaces.com. fxfaces.com, yes. Larry Bones, again, wishing nothing but success at this show and any others you attend because this is going to be a madhouse here. It is. (laughs) And and one before we wrap up, I've also wanted to point out we also are hosting my good friend Eileen Dietz Pazuzu from The Exorcist. So she's also joining us. Well, maybe we can get a few words with her in a little while because I know that there will be tons and tons of people coming to talk to her. Even on Friday night last night, she had a line. So, yeah, (laughs) I imagine she's going to be very busy here very soon. Oh, I have a feeling. (laughs) As are all of us here at Midsummer Scream here in Long Beach, California, this is going to be a fun weekend, folks. We hope you'll stick around and stay tuned. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we're out. And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you are listening carefully to the show, because it is August and it is time for the gruesome giveaway sponsored by ScreamlineStudios.com. Haunt season is very nearly upon us. Time to get over to ScreamlineStudios.com and start getting your supplies before it's too late. Or, if you're lucky, you could be randomly selected and possibly win a great prize from Screamline Studios right now. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. Please email us your name, your phone number, and the answer to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on August 22nd, and you could be randomly selected. You can't win if you don't enter. That being said, the question for the August gruesome giveaway is... Larry Bones and Boneyard Effects hosted a very special guest at Midsummer Scream this year. Who was that very special guest? If you think you know the answer, email us that answer along with your name and number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on August 22nd, and we will randomly select an entrant, and you could be a winner of a great prize from our very good friends at Screamline Studios. without whom we wouldn't be giving away all this great stuff. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win. Good luck. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. (laughs) See you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate Chris Thomas Music for Haunts Creepy Town on the Big Scary Show
everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California. We're chatting with all the cool kids, and they don't get much more cooler than PJ Souls. You may remember her from Carrie or Halloween or, of course, Rock and Roll High School. She did a bunch of Rob Zombie stuff. PJ, it is always good to see you. You look as lovely as ever. Thank you so much. Fun to be here. I can't believe how many people are already here. So if you're not here by now, get on over here. <laughs> this is a great show. You know, it hasn't been around since 2019 because of that COVID thing going around. But, you know, they had roughly 30,000 people here in 2019. I can only imagine that the people of Southern California have missed this show. And I anticipate nothing but huge numbers all weekend and of course that translates well to folks like you and all the other celebrity guests. Well we love to meet our fans. We love hearing all the stories of when they first saw the movies especially my movie Halloween. It's hung on for 40 years, 40 plus years. There's a few people that like that film out there. <laughs> I think a few. <laughs> no matter how many remakes or reboots or whatever they do with it, the first one is always the best. That's what they tell me. <laughs> well that's what pretty much everybody says. You know you, you might like the remake, you might like two, three, four, five. 18. I don't even know how many different <laughs> movies there are out there. But, of course, the original Halloween is such a classic. John Carpenter and all that. Any idea when it was first released that you knew you had something big going on? Or was this just another job? You know, here's a paycheck. I, I do this and I go and move on to the next. Uh, well, definitely it was, a, it was a job and it was a coveted job. Uh, you know, every girl in Hollywood wanted to be in these movies. But, uh you know, back then you didn't think so much about what was going to happen, if it was going to be a success. You just wanted and hoped that your scenes were good enough that your agent could then show the next casting director for the next project. And then hopefully, you know, you can make a living as an actress and pay your, your rent uh, by working and not having to have another job as a waitress or something. So very exciting times, but clearly no clue as to how long-lasting this was going to be or that there were going to be conventions where... I was going to be sitting here and signing uh, still photos from the movie. Who knew? Now, you know, we've been talking off and on for, at different shows for at least, I would say, seven or eight years. And, you know, you're all over the place. I, you know, I've seen you listed as a guest here, there, and the other places. What are some of the, shall we say, strangest things that people have come and asked you to either sign or autograph or, or things like that? Is there some kind of, like, unusual Japanese outtake or... Is there some kind of body part that people want to sign or anything really strange like that? Well, uh, because I was in stripes, I have signed many spatulas, rolling pins, and <laughs> ice cream scoops. Also, I just had a girl here before uh, with a phone wrapped around her neck. I have signed telephones that people have now gotten off of eBay. I have signed uh, my signature on someone's arm, and then they have gone and gotten it tattooed and come back and showed and taken a picture with me. That seems to be a so, thing these days. Yes, I was I was literally talking to Russell Striner and Judith O'Day from the original Night of the Living Dead a few weeks ago, and they had told me that that was the most unusual thing that he had ever signed and that somebody had gone and gotten a tattoo, and that, that's a big thing these days. It's very odd. It, it's, a, it's a little strange. It's... Uh, a little more strange to have maybe your face on somebody's thigh, but, you know, oh, wow. if that's what they want. <laughs> Everyone has their taste. What I love are the families that have watched Halloween every year, and then their kids have grown up, and then their kids have watched it, and it becomes this, this sort of uh, thing that they do every year, and they have whole rooms just dedicated to the movie Halloween. So uh, I'm very flattered. I'm grateful, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that I was uh, 
uh, hired in that role. <laughs> now, you know, you got a great picture back here of, uh, you know, some of the various roles and everything. You've got all these photos and all this. It's fantastic stuff. And, you know, I see one of the late Sid Haig, who was just a, a tremendous human being. And, you know, we had him on the show many times. What was it like working with Sid? What was it like working with Rob Zombie? Um, well, you know, it was just one day, but a day, a day that will forever remain in my memory. Sid was generous and lovely, and, and I worked out how we were going to do the punch, and I had never met him before. And since we had done that scene together, and I've seen him many times before he passed away at conventions, and what a lovely man. And then uh, Rob Zombie, I, I made the mistake of bringing a, a DVD, a CD of uh, Local H, Whatever Happened to PJ Souls. And every time there was a break in the filming, he would play that song. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. But uh, it, it was really a, a sweet memory. I love working with the little boy. I don't think he ever worked after that, ever since his scene with what Sid in the car. It was Sid in the car. <laughs> I'll kill your whole family. I think he, he, he didn't realize that was acting. <laughs> and he's probably a big fan regardless. <laughs> So what have you got coming up in the next few months as far as appearances? Is there another couple of conventions that you can plug where people can meet you and buy your autograph and things like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Well, come here to uh, Midsummer Scream for, for one. It's actually kind of nice down here in Long Beach. We're right down by the water, by the aquarium. 75 degrees today. I mean, it, yes. This, so is, nice. this is California weather at its best. But in any event, I will be at uh, Flashback Weekend in Chicago. That's coming up. And actually, Bob from... Uh, John Michael Graham from Halloween, uh, my boyfriend who gets pinned to the cabinet in Halloween is going to be there, so the duo, and then we're going to be at Gettysburg at Scares the Care, and then, uh, let's see, oh no, that's Creature Feature. Creature, creature Feature. Scares the Care is Williamsburg. Yeah, Creature That's going on this weekend, weekend actually. Yeah, that's right, Creature Feature Weekend. And then my favorite, only because uh, it's in the hometown of where my son lives, he's in the Coast Guard. And that's in Norwalk, Virginia, and that Norfolk, Virginia, and that's going to be a Tidewater Horror Convention. So oh, I know that. One. Come on down to that one because that one's going to be really fun, and all Coast Guard get a free picture from me because of my son and my daughter-in-law is also in the Coast Guard. So. Excellent. Well, thank them for our for their service from us here at the Big Scary Show. Uh, is there a website or social media where people can follow your appearances and you know find out more about you and all that? Just on Facebook and Instagram, they can just. just I look usually for PJ Souls right. I just I usually post where I'm going to be or where I'm going. I didn't for this for some reason. I didn't have to take an airplane, so. <laughs> but I'll I'll post some pictures uh, tonight when I get back to the room. Excellent. PJ Souls, it's always a delight to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I know you've got fans here that are literally lining up to talk to you, so I'll let you go here. Once, totally great. <laughs> thank you. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at Midsummer Scream in beautiful Long Beach, California. 75 degrees. Suck it, Charlotte. And we're out. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Greetings, Greetings listeners, listeners, and welcome, and welcome 
Watch out. Don't trip Don't over, that, trip torso. over that, torso. that torso. It's time, it's time. for Between, for between the, the Corpses. corpses. Hi listeners, Meat Hook Jim here with another episode of Between the Corpses and we're going to discuss the execution devices in medieval Europe. Outside England, where hanging, burning and decapitation were the favored means of execution, devices such as mazatello, garrote and wheel were employed. They inflicted considerable pain before death came as a blessed release. In the eyes of the righteous, suffering was just as important as death in medieval Europe. Accordingly, criminals in France and German were broken in on the wheel, an ancient form of execution presumably dating back almost as far as the invention of the wheel some 2,000 years ago. A large wheel was laid on a scaffold and the prisoner tied across it, his arms and legs attached to its outer rim. The executioner used an iron bar to attack the prisoner's limbs, breaking each in several places. With the prisoner in agony, the wheel was propped up so observers could get a better view. Sometimes the injuries already sustained were sufficient to cause death. If the victim lingered for too long, the executioner wielded the bar against the chest several times. Received wisdom says that St. Catherine of Alexandria was condemned to die on the wheel in the early years of the 4th century Roman Emperor Maxentius sent philosophers to demolish her argument for Christianity, but she converted them. Figure that out. Legend says the wheel miraculously collapsed as if refused to support her death. Ultimately, she was beheaded. Catherine became a popular martyr and gave her name to the Catherine Wheel Firework. However, some doubt that she ever existed. Rotating wheels were used in torture, too. The fire might be lit underneath, and the wheel slowly turned so different parts of the body tied to the outer rim were burned. The wheel might be rolled through water or even over a bed of nails. In Spain, the adopted method for capital punishment was the garrote. At first, this was similar to hanging, but the victim kept both feet on the ground. The executioner simply strangled them using rope. However, there was room for improvement, and it duly arrived in the form of a post with a hole bored through it. Now the prisoner could stand or even sit before the post with the rope looped around his neck and threaded back through the post. Standing behind, the executioner pulled hard and death followed. Later versions of the garrote had a stick on which the rope was twisted and consequentially tightened. Then there was an iron collar with a screw that was gradually wound into the victim. Efficiency was increased when a small blade was attached to the garrote to sever the spinal cord. In Catholic Spain, the condemned observed a ritual 
that involved a night of prayer before the day of execution in the company of two fire and brimstone clergymen. In the morning, the prisoner was asked for a confession. Executions could not go ahead without admission of guilt. Rather than face further torture or more hours in religious introspection, most readily confessed. In Italy, some victims were clubbed to death in front of the crowd. In this gruesome method of execution, the prisoner stood with his back to the executioner. The masked killer brought down the mazatello, or mallet, on the head of the victim, felling him with the mighty blow and probably shattering his skull. The executioner then set about the poor fellow with a knife, slitting his throat. Death by mazatello was finally abolished after the Italian states were united under Garibaldi's leadership. Well, you know, what can I say? I say, I always say, there you go. Well, there you go. Catch you on the next episode. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live on the floor at Midsummer Scream here in Long Beach. And we are having a great time. We are talking to and meeting lots and lots of interesting folks. And an organization that I spoke to a couple of years ago, it might have been here, it might have been another show, I don't quite remember at the moment, is Magic Wheelchair. Magic Wheelchair is an organization that takes wheelchairs for kids and customizes them into some amazing things. And I have Christine here, who is an executive director with Magic Wheelchair. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, We're having a grand time. Now, you know, I assume people are coming up here and asking about what you guys do. You've got this amazing custom Dragula, it looks like, that's over here. And uh, what kind of things and, and how did you get started with building things like this or creating things like this and, and coming across all what Magic Wheelchair is all about? Yes, the Magic Wheelchair was founded by a family who started building costumes for their sons for Halloween. And we joined forces and decided to build it out across the whole country. And, you know, as I said, I've seen you at a couple of different shows, and, and every year it seems like you take a couple of kids and you, you build them custom wheelchairs. What exactly is, what are the wheelchairs that are being built at this time for kids? Oh, gosh, right now we've got something from Star Wars. We've got a, um, a Tesla on the wait list. We've got a young lady who wants to be uh, a judge from The Voice. So we're building a judge's chair around her chair. Um, It's whatever they want. So it's kind of fun because we say the kids run the show. You never know what they're going to ask for. It could be something bloody. It could be something glittery. You never know. Do do people basically apply to this or are people referred to you from this? Or how how does somebody who's wheelchair-bound contact you? Yeah, so we have an application on our website where families can nominate their children and tell us a little bit about them and what their interests are, and we match them with a maker in their city. Approximately how many wheelchairs do they create during the course of a year? I assume it varies, but... We were, we were creeping up to about 100 a year. Wow. Um, the pandemic shifted the way that we function a bit, but we've done almost 300 so far. That is fantastic. Well, thank you so much the the work you guys do, and I can only imagine the look in someone's eyes when you come up to their place and say, this is for you. It's everything. <laughs> their reaction is everything. 
So for people who want to help, maybe they know somebody who would benefit from something like this or would be interested in applying, or maybe somebody who's uh, good with electronics or carpentry or something and would like to maybe help join, maybe help build things like this, is there a website or places where people can get more information? So if you visit magicwheelchair.org, you can see a place to volunteer, to nominate a child, and also to donate. So there's many ways to get involved and make magic with us. It sounds great. Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us here on The Big Scary Show. Thank you so much. And once again, folks, that's magicwheelchair.org. If you'd like to volunteer your time and your services, or if you know somebody that would benefit from this, go on their website, fill out the application, check out some of the stuff that they've done in the past. It is amazing work. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here, live at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, and we are out. Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 269. And we're going to start off with this from the Woods of Terror Haunted Attraction in Greensboro, North Carolina. Something new is coming for the 2022 season. An all-new attraction. Do you have what it takes to walk the halls of Brookhaven Memorial Hospital? The residents within these walls have been waiting what seems like ages to finally meet you. Will you survive the twists and turns of this rundown hospital? This attraction will be a $5 add-on and can be purchased at the gate or online when purchasing your tickets. Speaking of, tickets are on sale now. Who's ready to experience our 31st year of terror? Get more information at woodsofterror.com. We have this update on the Wicked Bazaar coming to Livonia, Michigan. This is one of Michigan's largest Halloween Horror Oddities craft and vendor shows. Free admission and open to the public, come check out over 100 crafters, artists, vendors that have a wide range of talent in all things Halloween and horror inspired. We'll also have food trucks, costumed characters, raffles for various charities, Saving Scales Reptile Rescue, and so much more. Happening August 27th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Newburgh United Methodist Church, 36500 Ann Arbor Trail in Livonia. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash wickedbizarremi. We have an update from the Mad Monster Expo coming to Concord, North Carolina. Grant Kramer joins Mad Monster Expo 2022. Grant Kramer from Killer Clowns from Outer Space, New Year's Evil, Willie's Wonderland, and others joins the madness in North Carolina August 26th through the 28th. Joining Grant are the Chiodo Brothers, the creators of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and Killer Clown cast members Suzanne Snyder, Herod Blank, and Mike Martinez. Herod and Mike will even be appearing in costume for a group photo with the Chiodo Brothers and cast. Photo ops are on sale now. For tickets, hotel, and more info, visit madmonster.com. We have this from the Haunted Hydro Haunted Attraction in Fremont, Ohio. This comes to us courtesy of Crazy Bob Turner. Wow, it is really creeping up here fast. Any volunteers who wish to help this year build our Evolutions-themed park is welcome to join us. We're looking for anyone and everyone to be a part of our 33rd year. Painting, cleaning of costumes, 
carpenters, cleaning out of the woods and repairing walk paths, electricians, sound techs, general labor, daytime through and evenings during the week and every weekend from 10 a.m. until dark. If you only have a few hours or if you want to participate on special projects, we would love to meet you. Get more information at thehauntedhydro.com. We have this news from the 13th floor haunted attraction in Jacksonville, Florida. 13th floor haunted house Jacksonville is now hiring for the Halloween season. If you're energetic, enthusiastic, and have a love for all things haunted, apply online to be scheduled for in-person interviews. Join a fun team and earn some extra cash before the holidays. All applicants must complete a background check. No costumes, makeup, or monologues necessary for your audition. Get more information at 13thfloorjacksonville.com. That's a 13th floorjacksonville.com slash application. We have this from the Backwoods Terror Ranch in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Backwoods Terror Ranch scare actors, we need loud in-your-face actors, and if that's not you, we also have positions that are more behind-the-scenes scare operators. You'll be assigned a character unless you have previous experience and already have a horrifying persona in place that you would like to present. It's simple. Show up, work the assigned area to you, and terrify the guests. Apply now. Come join the family. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Backwoods Terror. We have this news from the Reign of Terror Haunted House in Thousand Oaks, California. We're taking applications to hire scare actors in various roles and support staff, including souvenir photographer and line attendants, for our fall 2022 season. Applicants available to work most nights will get top priority. The season runs 17 nights, mostly weekends, late September through the first week in November. Apply now from the contact page on our website. Complete your application and we will be in touch. That website is rothauntedhouse.com slash contact. And finally, we have this news from the Scares That Care Charity Weekend in Williamsburg, Virginia. Quote, since its founding in 2006, the Scares of Care charity has raised nearly $400,000 for organizations, children's, and families impacted by illness, burns, or breast cancer. We've achieved that thanks to the generosity of you, our Scares of Care family. However, due to rising costs in producing a show of this type, the Board of Directors has unanimously decided to discontinue our charity weekend event. This will allow us to focus on our other fundraising efforts so that we can expand our goals. While we understand that many of you will be disappointed by this news, we ask you to remember that we have never been a charity that supports a convention. Rather, the convention has always supported the charity. As such, our overall mission continues, and we invite our Scares That Care family to support our other upcoming fundraisers and events. Details on our annual Christmas dance, AuthorCon 2, and other surprises are forthcoming with deepest love, respect, and appreciation. Joe Ripple, Alfred Guy, Brian Smith, Brian Keene, Angel Hallman, Sonora Taylor, Jason Cherry, and Andrew Eli. Unquote. Keep up with information on the Scares That Cares charity and their other events at scaresthatcare.org.
Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We're live on the floor of Midsummer Scream, and we are walking around seeing all the neat stuff and stuff you don't normally see. And I normally don't see cool stuff like this, but if you're a home haunter, a professional haunter, somebody with a yard display, or someone that just likes really cool animation up on your walls, coming out of your windows or whatever, you need to go by see it and spec see bleh. Spectral Illusions. They've been here many, many years. I've talked to them many, many times, but they got new stuff. I've got Carrie here. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to see you in person. It's been a long time, at least three years, yes. when you were in the dark area over in the Hall of Shadows, and now you're here in the lit area, but you got the tent here, and the uh, spooky stuff being projected here is... Uh, Pretty darn impressive. What's going on? You got some new stuff. We do have some new stuff. We have two new projections that are brand new, just three days old. Just barely came out. They're still babies. Our, uh, we have a Peeping Tom, which is a skeleton designed for a small space, maybe behind a tombstone, uh, like possibly a Pepper's Ghost in front of a tombstone uh, that pops up, makes some menacing gestures and growly noises and goes back. He is... Uh, what, maybe three minutes long, pops up about nine times with different actions. Is that what this is over here with yes. what looks like a Roger Hayes tombstone? It is a Roger Hayes tombstone. It was actually designed for the Hayes Haunt tombstone, and Roger does such a great job with Absolutely everything. Does. Um, but it, you, we, you know, we designed it specifically for that, but you can use it. It's, pretty, it's a pretty versatile effect on its own. Um, we also have Pirate's Plunder, which is a, a skeletal pirate who is sadly passed on Except every once in a while he wakes up and his plunder appears behind him and he he's a little drunk. But, you know, he's having a good time. And then he sadly passes away again and goes through a couple of, uh, of animations for that as well. And for people who aren't really familiar with what this is all about, you know, I, I've seen this at home haunts and I've seen this at professional haunts. But this is kind of geared towards the home haunter it seems especially for people who do big yard displays absolutely i mean it's it's home haunts haunted attractions it's so many different applications you can do it in a window on your garage door pirate's plunder is actually designed to be on a form so you project it onto say a piece of styrofoam or cardboard or whatever cut it out and then you have a freestanding animated prop in the center of your yard and it's it's great and you know if you if you if your yard is nothing but say those big halloween store stuff and you want to kick it up a notch as they might say this sounds like it's something right up people's alleys absolutely and you know it's it, it's a very quick and easy way to increase the production value of any home haunt and speaking of productions and projections you've got new projectors it sounds we like do. we do indeed we have partnered with axa technologies they're a small uh, projection uh, video based video tech company 
Uh, they are they're fantastic. Um, we have three different projectors. They, each one has its own little niche. One of them is actually battery powered and will run for four hours on a single charge. It's got HDMI in, USB in. Um, in fact, a friend of mine bought it last uh, last season, and he uh, connects it to his phone and watches Netflix on a season on a ceiling in his bedroom. Huh lying on his bed in the off-season, so it's not just collecting dust when you're not haunting. Uh, we also have a little bitty one, which is what, about three inch, a three-inch cube. They're about right this here. one right here. He's got horns. He's very cute. Um, it's just on an SD, but it's, it's SD card, but it can go anywhere. It, you hide it anywhere, and you've got you know this tiny little projector doing some you know some really cool effects. And then we've got a new one that is that just, in fact. We're we're still waiting on a total on a complete shipment to arrive. Um, they don't even the AXA doesn't even have them in their warehouses yet. So, um, but it is that one is one nineteen one hundred nineteen dollars and it is an a seven twenty projector, three hundred lumens. They all have speakers and they all come preloaded with effects. And can you customize orders if somebody said they wanted this to happen or if they wanted maybe a loved one's face in the projection? Is that something you guys can do? Absolutely. We we definitely take custom projects. That does get a little bit pricier because we charge based on how long it takes us to create the effect. But we're more than happy to discuss custom projects with, any, with anyone. And that sounds fantastic. So if you wanted your mother-in-law getting decapitated by a drunken pirate, I'm sure Spectral Illusions can help you out with that. That sounds pretty fun. I could get behind that one. It absolutely does. Oh, gosh, now I'm starting to think about it. So anyway, before I start thinking about it too much, for people who want more information, check out the new projections and all the new animatronics. What are the websites and social medias people can get a hold of you? The website is www.spectralillusions.com. Uh, our Facebook, Spectral Illusions, Instagram also, and Twitter is the only one that's spelled slightly differently. It's S-P-C-T-R-L, Illusions. Okay, no E this one. No E or A. Okay, wow. Only so I's, nose. Just, just going with consonants. You know, what do you, they, what are you they, they limit, you know, it was, we have a long, very intricate logo and name, so. Yeah, what are you going to do? you got to make it smaller sometimes. Are you making any other appearances at any of the other shows between now and whenever? Uh, we are not scheduled to so far, but you never know. Okay. Transworld got moved to February this it next did. year. Uh, we, you know, we haven't been to Transworld since 2017, and we miss it dearly. It's, you know, it's it's been unfortunately a scheduling issue, and you know, and then COVID. Yeah. What, you know. What are you gonna do? So, we would love to come back to Transworld one day very soon because it's it's such a fun show to check out. Well, excellent. Well, remember, folks, SpectralIllusions.com. Look them up on all the socials. Everything, Carrie, it's always a pleasure to talk to you here on The Big Scary Show. It's so great to see you, Drew. It's always a oh, pleasure. Oh, push you're just saying that because it's true. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live on the floor of Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, California, and we are out. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, that music does mean the round table of terror is upon us. We hope you have been enjoying all the conversation from Midsummer Scream. 
I have finally gotten my voice back after all this time. So we want to mention that the roundtable is very proudly sponsored by Haunt Pay. If you have been considering online ticketing, want to know a little bit more about it, or if you want to switch to a different online ticketing system, give Alex and his fine staff a look at hauntpay.com and they will set you right up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will be honest, you know, September and October, not too far away. Everybody's starting to think about haunted houses and haunted trails and pumpkin patches and things. We're still in the middle of summer, but next month is September, the unofficial start of haunt season. And one other thing that we always like to remember, but we don't always mention is that there's a lot of events that go on during the fall, not just these small town fall festivals and harvest festivals and things like that. But there's a lot of cool events that go on during those months, and a lot of them tie into haunted attractions. So we thought we would plug a couple of them that are going on in various parts of the country this week. And we wanted to uh, see what kind of events were going on. And we got a couple of people who answered our call for this. And we have them on the line here. First of all, I want to introduce Tia Bidwell. She is opening up a haunted attraction, I believe, called Skeleton Acres in the Pineville, Missouri area. But is also going to be hosting something called the Elk River Haunted Float. And I don't believe that that is a parade-type float. We'll find out in a moment. Tia, are you with us? I am. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. We also want to talk to Ariel Rimaldi. I hope I pronounced that correct, who is working on a big music festival going on not too far down the road from me in Carthage, North Carolina, called the Graveyard Get Down Music and Haunt Fest. They're going to be having a haunted trail along with that. Ariel, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here, and you pronounced my name perfectly. Thanks so much oh, for having me. I, I probably won't do it again, but we'll uh, we'll see. Also want to introduce our regular host with us up in Rhode Island. We have Storm. Uh, greetings and happy Victory Day. I think we're the only state that celebrates it, so my trash remains unpicked up today. <laughs> Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. All I know is a month from tomorrow, I will be in Rhode Island investigating the Conjuring House. And hopefully hanging out with Storm and Allison. Maybe. We'll see. All the way out in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have Jonna, a.k.a. the Old Crone. Greetings. Very nice to have you with us. My name is Drew Badger. Just outside Charlotte, North Carolina, I am still recovering from Midsummer Scream. I happened to get a wonderful case of the con crud last week, and my voice is a little weak, so hopefully our guests will have some things to talk about. Let's start with Ariel. Let's talk about the Graveyard Get Down. It's happening October 14th and 15th in Carthage, North Carolina. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I imagine there will be some spooky times and really good music but tell us what it is how it got started and uh what's going on with a haunted trail and music festival yeah so the graveyard get down music and haunt fest is a two-day camping music festival at a venue out in carthage called the jive hive at shady grove community arts center and basically it's going to be two days of music saturday night is going to be 
finishing out with a haunted trail that is put on by uh, one of the band members and two of the bands that are playing, Justin Heater. He's the drummer for Dovetown Cosmonauts and Electric Soul Pandemic. He has been, he's an actor that's been creating his own haunted trail for over six years now. Um, he has been doing it kind of in his backyard. He owned a lot of property before, so him and his band would would perform and then host a haunted trail with different themes each year. And now he's started to take it to the graveyard get down, starting with our inaugural festival, which happened last October. So there'll be a haunted trail and a ton of spooky surprises along the way, like spooky burlesque dancers. Um, we'll have variety shows and just a ton of great music out there. And you, you mentioned a haunted trail. Is this going to be a, a part of, you know, with the ticket price or is this going to be a, an additional add on type event? Uh, so it's it's all in. So when you buy a ticket, that's going to cover your parking, your camping and unlimited access to the haunted trail. So you'll be able to walk through it multiple times. And of course, all the music that you're going to see for two days, which is going to be headlined by Dr. Bacon for two nights. Uh, and they're based out of Asheville, North Carolina. What kind of music are we looking at? A ton of jam bands. Uh, Dr. Bacon is a jam band. They have a mix of funk and folk, and they've got some creepy Halloween sounding music too. We've got a rockabilly band. We're going to have some DJs, some EDM artists out there. So a little bit of something for everybody. I will say I was a little surprised to find out that it's not going to be all like death and doom metal. Because that, that is so associated with Halloween, you know. Maybe and, I should get a metal might, band. You never know. <laughs> you might bring in one or two extra people. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot of, <laughs> there's a decent metal scene around still, just underground. So, <laughs> well, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Tia, tell us about a little bit about Skeleton Acres and, you know, how you have been you know, the genesis on this, and it sounds like you're getting ready to open this thing, but also how you're incorporating this Elk River Haunted Float in with it. Yeah, so my husband and I started doing Halloween decoration only six years ago. Um, we had a string light that said boo in the bushes outside, and I decided that I really liked Halloween and needed to go bigger. So six years later, we've been the skeleton house, and I actually live in Arkansas on the border of Missouri, and our skeleton house has garnered thousands of people throughout the month of October. We were a yard haunt for 33 days, everything outside for 33 days. And it just got bigger than our little city can handle. So we've decided we need to keep growing. I don't want to be stifled. So we partnered with two amazing campsites out in Missouri, Gracie's Canoe Camp and Lazy Days Resort. And we're going to put on an Elk River Haunted Float that I do have to plug Ruby's Landing and the what I call the true first ever haunted float out in uh, Waynesville, Missouri. We're going to do what they do here in our area, and it's a half mile float at dark on the water, on the river, along with four cabins that will be haunted houses, a haunted trail, and a haunted woods, along with camping out for the entire weekend. So you never know if you stay and you camp what's going to happen throughout the night. This isn't going to be like one of those haunted camping events that we hear about where you might have something creeping around the cabins in the middle of the night or the campsites, is it? Drew, you'll have to come and find out. Oh, we'll send Jana. She's closer. 
but yeah, she's that, right in my backyard, sounds... so it is very tempting to go hang out with them before I open. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, it's it's an interesting juxtaposition when you put a haunted event in with something like this. Um, I can only imagine that, or or if I can make a suggestion, please show Jaws before you actually begin the float on some screen at the campsite. That would be tremendous and then put no, it in the water no no drew not jaws deliverance oh deliverance would be perfect <laughs> well there you go so i'd go with boggy good. creek too yeah, oh. some, so it's got some boating there and some monsters in the thing that's and that was filmed yeah. down in that area was it not at least it was played down in arkansas it was so. filmed further south but yeah oh, okay well, new event added. Now I got to update the posters. Well, there you go. Maybe you can have a triple bill. So, what was the uh, what was the uh, reason for putting on a haunted float? I mean, you just decided, you know, I got a haunted house, so why not do a float? What was the uh, what was the rationale behind that? Honestly, it's because for five years now, my husband and I's anniversary has been going to Ruby's Landing and going to their haunted float. And it's the most amazing thing we ever do. It's the best weekend, all of our friends. And we've gotten to love the actors and the owners there. And we realized, you know, we are four hours away. We have the Elk River here. No one's ever done it before. And our community keeps growing with their love for Halloween. So it seemed like the perfect fit. Is there a large haunt community as far as haunted houses there? Are you recruiting actors to come in and work with you or join you there or? or what? I do have to say I feel blessed being in Northwest Arkansas and Missouri because the haunt community here is just wonderful. It's like Jonna and everybody else that has reached out to help me with this first endeavor. I've never done anything as a a business before. It's our first LLC. It's our first event. And the help and the love that this community is showing is just absolutely amazing. And yes, we are trying to find actors. I will say that's the hardest thing I'm going through right now is trying to figure out how you find people you trust in an event like this. They're not going to be on the float as well, are they? Again, you're going to have to come find out. Dang it. Jonna, you need to go to this thing. I am definitely going to try to make it up there before, before because I don't open for a couple of weeks into October. So um, I'm definitely going to see if I can make it up there. Yeah. I think it's going you to be too. great. And thank you for the, the, the shout out, because I agree, we do have an amazing haunted community in in northwest arkansas how did the two of you get hooked up to work together it sounds like you've got a little bit of a history here we've we've talked a few times uh through messenger and facebook but i think you you were like in haunted haunted hangout or something you Mm -hmm. had said something like hey is anybody in this area and i was like yeah i'm in fayetteville and so we've chatted a few times and then i reached out to her about doing this episode of roundtable um, but yeah, we're definitely going to get together for, for lunch and maybe an adult beverage soon and, uh, and, you know, do some talking shop. Yes. Be fun. You know, I've got to broach this subject and I don't know how this is going to come across, but I'm hoping it comes across all right. But I've got to say, it's nice to see some ladies organizing these things that are going on instead of it always being the guys, you know, I, I, it warms my heart to see the passion 
and two ladies like you uh when you know i've seen passion and all these guys that i've worked with over the many years i've been in the haunt industry but you two you know kudos to both of you i think you're you're doing yourselves proud i think i think that came across very well jim yeah thank you i've actually never really thought about it i know so many women in the industry here in northwest arkansas i've never really thought about it like that what i was going to say is just like any other industry it's really unfortunately it's male dominated um i've always been one to say hey you know i i, I have my bosses at my day job they're both women okay i don't have those issues some people have keep doing what you guys are doing um and the next thing you know you guys are gonna have big haunts on your hands really can't wait <laughs> So how many, so Ariel with the graveyard get down last year was the first year. Is that correct? Yes. So, well, the way it all really started was back during the pandemic in 2020, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays and a ton of my friends and I will typically go to music festivals over Halloween weekend. And we decided since there was really no music going on, we were like, hey, what if we just booked a couple bands and we all went out, camped out. It was a really small group, about 15 people. We were trying to figure out a way that we could do it that was safe um, and also give us our music fix. So it started actually in Halloween of 2020, just as a private event. And then I threw another one um, just for friends again in the spring of 2020 or 2021. And then I kind of thought, Hey, why stop there? Um, I hooked up with, with Justin Heater, who I found out did the haunted trail at his house. So I was like, all right, let's make this a little bit more theatrical and add some scary elements to it too. And then we kind of joined forces to come up with the graveyard get down. Um, so the first official one happened in October of last year. All right. And the same question with Taya, are you, are, go, are you going to be having, shall we say, actors roaming around in the crowd as well, or are they going to be kind of confined to the haunted trail? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Was that a question for me or for her? For you. Oh, for me. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have some actors running around. Um, we've got a burlesque dancer who's dressed all spooky. She's going to be doing a couple acts in the crowd and both on stage. So there'll be several performers and it's going to be a, it's going to be about the music, but it's also going to be a, a very theatrical event as well. Any sideshow performers or are you looking for some or, you know? Yeah. I mean, the more the merrier, we're also going to have a haunted art gallery too. So people doing live paintings, we're going to have different scary sculptures around that people will be able to go through and look at and, yeah, still looking for any performers from hoopers to jugglers to people that swallow fire, anything that's weird and outside of the box. We want we want all of that. <laughs> I've got a guy that does the human blockhead. Oh, all right. I'll link up with you after the show. <laughs> let's get him, let's get him over here. <laughs> I will I'll reach out to him. <laughs> okay see if he's interested okay that sounds good cool. i'll let him know 
Thank you. Yeah, we've we've had sideshow performers on our show as well, and uh, I know that there's a couple in Ohio and New York, and I think there's a pair down in South Carolina. So, yeah, that'd be fun. I would, yeah, I, I love stuff like that. So, and you know, music and haunted trail. Gosh, that's just a the winner all around. So can't can't complain one bit with that. So, are you for the camping aspect? And this goes to both of you, ladies. Um, are you going to have to restrict? the number of people uh, I mean I know the Elk River can hold a lot but you know you've got to have some control over that aspect so I imagine you're going to have some control as to how many people per night um so for me on the property that we're going to be at throughout the weekend we, it's it's kind of a smaller places place it's about nine acres so it'll be an intimate festival like 300 people tops at mine I'm pretty lucky with having both campsites that we've partnered with being experts on the Elk River. They have thousands of people a day and they are very well able to handle that. So we don't actually have a limit um, at this point. Hopefully maybe that ends up being an issue and we can sort that out. So are you really gonna be promoting the staying the night? Yes. That's when you'll get the best experience. Mm -hmm. Now, because they're gonna be staying the night and camping, are you guys, expect experiencing any or expecting any issues with um alcohol overindulgence things of that nature yeah we assume that. that's going to happen we definitely assume that's going to happen being where we're located it's a it's a weekly thing that these campsite owners have to go through um again they're very prepared for it that's thankfully not something i have to deal with on my side of the haunted event but we are asking that maybe limit the number of children ages. I mean, what's appropriate to parents for being in that scene. If you would bring them out in the summer and go floating, you can come to this. But if you wouldn't come in the summer, you probably shouldn't come in Halloween. Well, it's been my experience that there are always people who are stupid and will bring, you know, like a, a one-year-old baby to something like this. So, you know, yeah, that will happen. I'll just warning you. you know, and Ariel, is yours mostly a, an adult Yeah, last year there were some kids during the day, but it's it's mostly adults that, that come out to it. Um, I don't really see too many kids at, at camping festivals like this. And once I told them about the haunted trail, a lot of them didn't come to the haunted trail, but there was one kid that was, I think he was 11 or 12 years old that went down the haunted trail last year that handled it like a pro. He was not even scared. He wanted to go back again. I was like, this kid knows what's up. <laughs> awesome. Now, I've got to say, I can't stand those parents that drag their kids in there. They're obviously terrified. You know, I mean, they're about to lose their minds. They're, they're going to come out with issues and have to see psychiatrists, but they're still dragging them through. And it's like, what do you do? You know, I can only imagine the liability insurance that, you know, if somebody gets hurt or something like that, too. So, yeah, oh, we could hope we could have a hope another round table just on dealing with stupid parents <laughs> that's actually a really good topic i'm gonna i'm gonna write that one down stupid parents yeah being a home well, haunter for five say, years i got a lot of stories about that oh yeah I, I did home haunting for several years before i went pro and um yeah it, it's amazing but it's i've dealt worse with since going pro mm. uh, and so, yeah, we could have a whole topic about that. 
<laughs> we, we will talk to you during the break, which we probably should get to right now. I do want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror. We are talking a couple of haunted events going on during the haunt season, the Elk River Haunted Float and the Graveyard Get Down Music and Haunt Fest with our very special guests and our regular host. We're going to take a very short break here, and we will be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the round table of terror. We are talking a couple of Halloween events with our special guests, Taya Bidwell and Ariel Romaldi talking about the Elk River Haunted Float in Pineville, Missouri, the Graveyard Get Down Music and Haunt Fest in Carthage, North Carolina. And during the break, a couple of really good questions were thrown out amongst the hosts. And uh, John, I believe you had one. I was curious as to how are you promoting this event to separate it from all of the other noise of haunted attractions in your area? Do you want to go first, Taya? Or you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I'm doing a lot of grassroots promoting. So a lot of giveaways. Uh, Dr. Bacon is our headliner. So I've gone to some of their shows, done ticket giveaways there, as well as handing out flyers. I just went to a music festival this past weekend and just talking to different people about it. Um, we're going to do a giveaway on some different radio stations. One is uh, 95.7, that station right here in Raleigh. And then um, we've got connections with one in Carthage that one of the um, musicians and them rockabilly is into. So we'll be doing some giveaways up there and then basically just putting out flyers and then social media promotions as well on Facebook, Instagram, boosted posts. Um, I, honestly, for the Elk River Haunted Float, we're focusing on social media and door-to-door -door and cross-promotion with our local haunted houses. Been in discussions with some of them to help cross-promote ticket giveaways and fun events online. Um, every single weekend and free moment I have after work, I'm out plastering flyers at every local business from Neosho to Fayetteville. So hopefully getting the word out any way I can, and I'd love advice on things that do work. Now, let's let's play devil's advocate for a second, Tia. Let's say... 9,000 people show up. You did too good a job. What happens? I cry like a big baby that it worked first. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you do is you tell them you have a great alternative in Fayetteville and they could go visit Banshee Manor. That's what you do. <laughs> there you go. There's the game plan. That's it. <laughs> you can get like a kiddie pool and an inner tube and you can have photo ops. Hey, I'll hose it down with the garden hose if that's what it takes. <laughs> there you go. And what about you, Ariel? Is um, you know, you were talking earlier about maybe three or four hundred people, but what if you know two to three or five thousand people show up because they really want to come to this thing? Uh, I'll probably do the same thing. I'll probably be really ecstatic that that what I was doing worked and people actually listened and cared enough to show up. 
Um, I guess at that point we would have to turn people away and say, Hey, buy your tickets in advance next year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that won't cause any problems. (laughs) (laughs) You have that, that option right now. Can people go ahead and buy their tickets and reserve their campsites now? Yes, they can. And they're really cheap right now. Um, they're $50 for the entire weekend and unlimited access to the haunted trail. But as we release more phases and at the door, it's gonna, the price is going to go up. So right now is definitely the cheapest time to get them. Yep. Same. We're live with ticket sales, um, reserving campsites. If anybody wants to glamp and needs a cabin, they can call the campsites, but Elk River Haunted Float on Haunt Pay. So you are oh, using Haunt wow. Pay. Nice. Huh? You're using Haunt Pay. Wow. Yes. Excellent. Hey. Our fine sponsor will be very happy to hear that. Well, it wasn't a hard decision when you start learning from the experts in the industry and being new. I, I mean, you look at Hunter's Hangout and you go to Trans World, there's only one place that everybody suggests. So I'm going to listen. Nice. I, I love the level of um, organization that uh, both of you have with uh, these events. And, and I mean, just the float is blowing my mind mine that you know you know to, to, to my new england mine where you know the rivers are always freaking freezing uh that you'd you'd float a in the end of october and b at night just i i that that's gotta be experience i i that, that I'd, I'd i'd be panicked it'd be fantastic but now you even just mentioned that the campgrounds have cabins available and stuff i mean so many of these are just you know bring your own tent that type of thing uh what other um what other aspects or um, amenities are your events going to have, especially being overnight, uh, that you can share with us? Are there vendors? Are there concessions? Is there a local firehouse selling meatballs the whole time? I'm sure Ariel has way more that we're going to have this year, but all of our campsites do come with electric and water available, 24-hour bathrooms. It's a step above primitive, but still only $55 for the entire weekend for the whole event. Uh, we hope to have vendors. We hope to have food trucks next year. We're going to keep it simple for this inaugural year, though. So people are just going to bring a big old cooler of whatever that is in the cooler. We just won't ask. But I, I have a feeling it's in cans and bottles. And the heck with food. That's overrated, right? And what are ticket prices if they're not camping, if someone just wants to come and float? Uh, just $25. That's nice. Ariel, what are you doing? And somebody just wants to see the bands say want to come on just Saturday, spend Saturday there and watch the bands and, and doing the trail that night without camping. Um, yeah. So each day is a different price. It's up on our website. I believe Saturday is 45. If you just want to come for the day, I will say from last year, most people do come and camp and do the full weekend. We don't get many people that are just coming for for the day, um, but you can find it all on jambiantsproductions.com. And um, we're gonna have food out there. There'll be different vendors. Um, we're getting breakfast munchies out there, which they basically do waffles on a stick. And some of them have pizza in them, like cheese and pepperoni, and they have dessert ones. And then um, we'll also be selling grilled cheese and hot dogs out there. Then we'll have a few different vendors selling different clothes and merchandise, CBD vendors, um, and hopefully much more, a ton of artists out there too, so you can get some artwork on site as well. Sounds like it's going to be a, a wild time for both of you. Um, being an outdoor event for both of you, have you made any 
alternative plans in the event of rain or other bad weather. It's still storm season, still hurricane season in North Carolina. And uh, don't know how the weather is in Arkansas and Missouri that time of year, but I imagine you occasionally get the thunderstorm rolling through. Are there any uh, contingency plans for either of you? Um, I'll go first. So where the property is located at the Jive Hive, there are two stages. One is an outdoor main stage, and then we have an indoor stage inside this giant barn. Um, so the plan is if it rains, we're just going to move all of the acts inside of the barn and then um for the haunted trail we'll put up some tarps and some tents out there too so hopefully we'll people will stay as dry as they possibly can <laughs> yeah we plan on having some canopies as well and they the campsites have pavilions so we can still have some fun events for rainy days once people are already there if we know the weather's going to be bad, we're going to reschedule and cancel the whole event for that day and that night and help reschedule everybody. But yeah, um, I think camping inherently comes with, you don't know what the weather's going to be like. So prepare. Yeah, heavens, if, heavens, if you're on an inner tube in the middle of a river and get wet, ooh, <laughs> that would be just horrible. No, I'm kidding, of course. But um, it sounds, both of you, it sounds like they're going to be tremendous events. And of course, you know, all of these have that wonderful little haunt aspect are tia are you going to be bringing some skeleton acres crew or do you have people recruited right now to work with it i know we asked you if you were looking for people but do you already have a crew that's going to be out there honestly and this is the hard part for me being so new learning how to recruit people and how to get the right people to to come the people we've had for our yard haunt they've all aged out they were high schoolers and college graduates and they were friends and family for the past six years. So it's kind of like starting over this year. And um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a call to action, have some people come apply, interview, meet them and, and see what we get. I, I will tell you, I've been doing this seventh, this will be my seventh season and it's still hard to find people sometimes. Um, sometimes people interview really well and they turn out to be really crappy. Um, I have been burned a couple of times with teenagers and I would think with your event, with there being adult beverages around and some of the liability, you may want to stay away from teenagers, do, you know, an age limit on that. But um, it's a challenge every year in some aspect or another. And the best way is to get, once you get going, get your current staff to help recruit people that they know. And that kind of gives you a little bit of a, uh, a pre-screening thing, I think. And people will feel more comfortable if they're coming to do something like that, that where they already know where they already have friends yeah um, yep. question then, for and, you guys mm. i was going to say to add to jonah too i always found that having an application uh for people to fill out really helps you uh pass a witness test if it's somebody who's not coming recommended and you're you're trying to find out you can find out if they're trustworthy if they can just fill out a simple application and you get to know a little bit about them and otherwise if you throw a little coin their way and some food you usually get some trustworthy happy people and unfortunately background checks if it's something you can do and run with it, it works you know a lot of people think background checks with you know oh well i don't want some sort of predator working for you yeah, but what you really want to avoid is somebody who's got a couple of larceny charges working for your haunt because then things disappear. Good advice. But yeah, you said you had some questions for us. 
I do. Um, is it normal for, I mean, changing from the, the yard haunt to the more professional actually business event to have a plan B of if you don't have actors or if someone doesn't show up to have an animated scare in each room in each area, just as that plan B, not that I want to always work on props, but is that kind of a, a good plan B? I have a set number of um, actors usually each season, but I try to have each actor where they can get two scares. For instance, I have one that gets a drop panel when people are coming down one hallway and then they go around a corner through this other. And then when they come back up, then they're a full on scare. And um, so that, that person's basically getting two scares. Um, but things like that, and, and like you said, those plan B's, it's nice if you could have a couple of spots like where, okay, I can put a mannequin here or I can put a, um, you know, an animatronic here. And it'd be great if I had a person. I'm not real big on animatronics. I prefer the, the people because mine's very story driven. Um, but it's nice to still have some eye candy in that part, in that area. That way, if someone's gone, you can move them to that more important spot where it's critical, it's a live person. So um, one of the, the advantages to being an overthinker is that I lay in bed at night and I think of a 50 million scenarios that can go on, which is, you know, crazy until, you know, it's 30 minutes before the show and you realize you're down three actors because they all got the stomach flu. It allows you to react really quickly because you've already thought through those scenarios. So yeah, definitely plan ahead, plan on, on something going wrong. Yeah. Definitely planning ahead, having some, um, you know, uh, scene or, or house or area managers, you know, people can really organize that uh, because they're the ones who can move people around at the last minute. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is a lot of design, like John was saying, if you can get an actor to do two scares, if you have a scene that wraps around and it, it does on each side, if you can space it out, it works. And the animatronics and the big things is more of a, a an ooh factor and something to distract I always found the best designs was to have a mixture of both but if you have an animatronic or something you don't need as many actors in that scene because it, it can draw there and then the actors can prey upon uh the crowd real easy and the, the other thing with the animatronics and stuff outside if you can lift them up or get them a little further away from the audience sometimes it uh shows up bigger uh we'd uh I, I worked at a hayride and one of the things we loved doing was getting our if we had an animatronic or something we'd try and lift it six seven feet in the air on a platform or something we we, we had one uh scene where the hayride would actually go under a structure and we'd put animatronics up on top for them to see ahead of time and we'd have a whole story and uh soundtrack and stuff with that and that that would get them there and then our actors would come out of the dark at the uh ground level which was always uh, uh fun with it so it's, it's it's working with it but yeah it's a a lot of planning ahead of time, a little backup. And, you know, you do it right. You space it out. You put the actors in the important places. Even if you're missing a few, uh, your audience will like it. It's the haunt, which has one actor who is not enthralled. It's a Sunday. It's rainy. And you're literally just walking through a lit maze. That's, that's, that's when you're disappointed with a haunt. Other than that, you can put on a good show, even if you're down, you know, 10, 15, 20%. 
Ariel, how much of the uh, haunted trail are you involved with, or is that primarily Justin's work? And do you know if there's a theme or if it's just going to be people jumping out and doing pop scares and things? Um, so Justin handles all of the haunted trail. He is the expert with that. He has a group of actors that help him out every year. Um, a couple of them are in two of his bands and he spends hours and hours. He has different themes each time that he does the haunted trail. So the theme of Saturday at the graveyard get down is going to be circus freaks. So hopefully he'll incorporate some circus freak themes into it. So what's going to happen when they, when his bands are on stage, is he going to be shortchanged actors on the trail or what? They're going to close. <laughs> no, we, no, we time it out. So we don't, so we don't kill him. Uh, we, we have his bands playing at different times of the haunted trail. So it doesn't interfere with, with the trail at all. All right. Sounds like fun. I can only imagine. Oh man, we got to run, wrap this song up. I got to get out on the trail. Or something. Well, say I think I did wear him out last year because he sat in with with a, just a group of kind of random musicians from bands for one of them. Then he played with one band, then he played with the other, then he did the whole haunted trail. And I was like, man, Justin, I really made you work this year. <laughs> he was like, no kidding. I'm like, all right, I'll chill out next year. <laughs> You're gonna earn it this year, son. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> there you go. Any other questions from the hosts? Well, I think Tia had had asked about insurance. So how are you guys doing insurance um, liability and stuff? Um, I just go through like a third party and buy liability insurance every year. Um, I make sure that um, my venue's covered, that my sponsors are covered on it. And then um, I also make sure like people that are spinning fire and doing things like that are professionals. A lot of them have their own liability insurance when they come out too. And they also have um, buckets of water and things like that, just in case an accident were to happen. Um, so we try to make sure that we, we have all our bases covered. There's never been an incident, I hope. No, knock on wood. Don't speak to me. <laughs> so Tia is the... Um, the campgrounds and the canoe rentals and everything they're taking care of their aspect liability um life vest and they're they're handling all that for you yep they are the campsites are definitely covered because this is their daily business um as skeleton acres being the third party in this still shopping around still trying to find the the right haunted industry event insurance for us you might check in to see and if they can put you on as a rider on one of their policies that's, yeah, that's one of the last things we talked about that I never knew was an option, but yeah, we've got to look into that. Any other questions from the ghost? Now, I'm just excited that these types of events are popping back up out there again. I mean, especially both of you doing this right in, during, and right after COVID to, to jump in, work with this, and uh, work with other businesses and stuff with it. I think the only other question I'd have is... Um, you know, have you had any trouble having a good relationship with the local community, with neighbors, uh, to the venues, uh, with the, you know, police or fire inspectors or anything? Any issues there? Has it been smooth sailing? Carthage is a very small town, a town that everybody knows everybody. Um, so I think that 
the the venue owner that owns the Jive Hive said he had one problem with one neighbor years ago, but they already ran them off. So luckily we haven't had any problems since I've been a part of it. And he knows everybody down at the police station and it's all a very tight knit community. Sometimes um, they're even at his events. So we fortunately haven't had any issues. Yeah, to be honest, and I know Jonna knows a lot about this. We are in the Bible Belt in Arkansas and Missouri. So I was a little nervous when I started going to hand out flyers and approaching people to tell them about this new event. Plus I was raised as a pastor's kid, so we didn't do Halloween. So, <laughs> and I was born on Halloween and we didn't do Halloween, but I, the love and help from the community has been overwhelming. Every place I've gone into to hand out flyers, they're so excited. They're giving advice. They're talking about events that we could have and things we could add and who wants to be involved. It's just been very, very wonderful. Awesome. And Storm, you brought up a really good point um, with people with these things coming back after COVID. Uh, what are your COVID protocols as it stands right now? Are masks optional? Will there be sanitizing stations and, and all that stuff in and around the areas? Uh, we'll have sanitizing stations, also a, a sink out there where you can actually physically still wash your hands. Um, masks are going to be optional. It's an outdoor event. Um, so wear, wear a mask if that makes you feel comfortable. If not, that's, that's fine too. Yeah, masks are still optional in Arkansas and Missouri. And I actually have some costumes planned for any actors that feel more comfortable with it that match the costume. We got a large donation of sanitizers and wipes from a local Lions Club. So we're going to have those stationed throughout both campsites. But anyway, folks, this sounds like it's a lot of fun. If you're in the Carthage or in the Sand Hills of North Carolina, or if you're in the Pineville, Missouri area, go check these things out. It sounds like it's going to be a whole lot of fun, as well as supporting your local Halloween festivals, your local pumpkin displays, your local home haunts, everything that makes the haunt season the fun it is. This is the part of the show that we like to call the plugs. So for all the websites and social medias, for people wanting to know more about Skeleton Acres and the Elk River Haunted Float, what are the dates? Where will it be? Tia, let us know all about this so everybody else will too. Yes, please follow us on Facebook at the Elk River Haunted Float or Skeleton Acres. Both sites are constantly updated. We'll have a lot of fun prizes and gifts coming out soon. Um, the Elk River Haunted Float is in Pineville, Missouri. We open on Sunday, the September 30, or sorry, Friday, September 30th, and we continue throughout October for every weekend. You can camp one night, two night, or stay the whole weekend, come to the haunted event. It's a half mile float on the river at night, no lights allowed, hayride, haunted trail, and four cabins turned into haunted houses for $55. If you don't want to camp, you can come out for just $25. Sounds like it's going to be a blast, and that's a really good price for everything you're getting. Ariel, tell us about the graveyard get down, the dates, where it's going to be, and all the websites and social medias where people can get more information. Sure. The Graveyard Get Down Music and Haunt Festival is happening October 14th and 15th at the Jive Hive at Shady Grove Community Arts Center in Carthage, North Carolina, which is right near Sanford and Southern Pines, about an hour outside the Triangle. 
um, an hour from Greensboro, a couple hours from Wilmington. You can get tickets for full weekend passes or just day passes, um, campings included, and all the full weekend passes. And same with the access to the Haunted Trail. You can find that on jambientsproductions.com, and that's spelled J-A-M-B-I-E-N-C-E productions.com. And then you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook for all the latest updates and music lineup releases um, at the graveyard get down for both Facebook and Instagram. So is that ambience with a J in front of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like ambiance, but just jambience, jambianceproductions.com. Or jam bands. I get it. I, yeah. I, can, <laughs> I, I understand cleverness. Uh huh. <laughs> Well, Ariel and Tia, it has been a pleasure to have you here on the Big Scary Show talking about some events. As I said, folks, get out there and support your local Halloween and Harvest stuff going on, as well as events like this. A lot of music gets played in the fall, a lot of cool stuff like this, and we hope you'll get out there and support all this. And of course, we cannot do this without our wonderful hosts, including Storm. This is the prime example why you got to polish up your campfire stories whenever you can, because events like this, which have camps and campfires, can you imagine going through a haunt, rocking into some bands, and then late at night having to tell a story? Awesome. And the phone call was coming from inside the house. <gasps> yes, I could see that. That'd be great. Also like to thank Meat Hook Jim. What Storm said. <laughs> I didn't even have anything that clever. No, that was, yeah. All right, fine. We also want to thank Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone. I will uh, tip a bubbling cauldron drink to both of you ladies for thinking of such ingenious, unique uh, events. I'm really excited for you guys. My name is Drew Badger, and I just sent all my kids away to college this year. This week, actually. So I am not only empty nesting, but I am also dirt poor. So I get to enjoy that as well. You are listening to the Big Scary Show's Roundtable of Terror, sponsored by HauntPay. And we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here live on the floor of Midsummer Scream, having a great time hanging out with cool kids and lots of spooky stuff. And, you know, you're going to walk in here and you're going to look towards the back. You're going to see the giant 12-foot skeletons that everybody loves. Big hearse here. Boy, it gets your attention. It's none other than Reign of Terror Haunted House with a much larger booth than normal. They're out of Thousand Oaks, California. I've got Bruce here. How you doing, sir? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here. It uh, is always good to see you. You're always here every year. I see normally you're in the Hall of Shadows. You're not in there this year. 
but you've got a much bigger booth. What's going on this year? Well, we just wanted kind of a little bit more of the presence. We, we're doing so much expansion to the haunted house. We run a halfway to Halloween, so it's our time's a little bit more limited, so we couldn't break away and build something here. So we figured we'd go big out in the outside show give some people some cool stuff to see and let them enjoy. Understandable, understandable. And it looks like you got a lot of folks just walking by, getting information, picking up cards. you got a sign out here. You're getting ready to start hiring if you're not already. How did you guys do last year? You know, we did really well. There was obviously in Southern California, it was I don't want to say it was easy, but it was easier because of the massive pent-up demand. I think people were excited. They were eager to go out and do something. And I think this year it's just continuing forward. I think just the crowd of people that are in this uh, convention center right now is proof that people have been waiting for Halloween stuff. You know, this thing's been gone for three years and back, and lines were out the door and down the causeway. It was amazing. So I'm going to say, even though you're not in the greater Los Angeles area, you had a very good season. We did. We did. So fantastic. What's going on this year? What what kind of stuff can you tease us with with Reign of Terror? So with us, right now, we're kind of in a transitioning thing where we're all about technology. We're all about making things efficient. We're all about maximizing the scares with new electronics and different high-tech animations, things that you didn't expect. So that's, that's, that's our focus this year, as well as expanding existing haunted houses or, or themes that are in the haunted house. So we bit off a lot this year, but we think uh, the crowds want to see it. You, you still have actors, right? We have plenty of actors, yes. <laughs> okay, good. You know, as an actor, I, I, I don't like seeing my job get replaced by technology. Absolutely not. And we do a real good blend of theming and animations and actors. I mean, actors are the pure blood and the, the, the driving force behind the haunted house. I mean, haunted house without actors just would never be the same. But we have a real nice blend. Very nice. When is your opening dates? What are the dates that you're going to be running? How late are you going to be doing? And you do a halfway to Halloween. I know that. Do you do, or are you planning anything else like a Christmas haunt before the end of the year? We do. So we're our opening night is September 24th. We run 17 nights this season. Our closing date is November 4th, which is when we do our Lights Out event. So you're going through the haunted house with your actors and music and animations, just no lighting. And then we will have two days in December for a Christmas event. Do you have the glow stick during the uh, Lights Out event? We do one glow stick per group. Ooh. That's always... And they're a, small. And, and you've got a lot of rooms. We do. We're 135 rooms oh. and 28,000 square feet now. That's a lot of rooms. How, do, how lot. do you manage having a, that many rooms? Well, we just keep building. <laughs> we it's, got a big space. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun, and I know that folks will travel from L.A. to Thousand Oaks and San Diego and other points just to come check you guys out and all your rooms. And, the, of course, the great hearse out here, which is beautiful and all that. Where can people get more information? Check out the schedule. Check out pictures. Uh, maybe pre-sale tickets if you do that online. I don't know, but uh, where can people find out more information about Reign of Terror? So you just want to track. You just want to go to ROT Haunted House. We're going to be launching tickets, I believe, on August 10th. But you can sign up to. We'll send you an email to let you know tickets. And the and the online will give you our website. We'll give you all the information. So ROT Haunted House or ROT Haunted House, and that will get you all the information you need. Bruce Stanton. Always a pleasure to Always see you here at Midsummer Scream. It's a lot of fun. Check them out if you're in the greater Thousand Oaks area this October because it looks like it's going to be nothing but scary. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live on the floor of Midsummer Scream in Long Beach, and we're out. Passion is what drives us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to be
means Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's creepy. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live on the floor of Midsummer Scream for the Big Scary Show, having a grand old time. And uh, who are you going to call if you got something going on strange in your house? If something. Well, we're not going to get into the song and everything, but you know, whenever we go to shows like this and we see that the Ghostbusters are here, we always want to talk to them. We got a rather new chapter here at Midsummer Scream this year, the Los Angeles Ghostbusters. I've got Jeremy Trent here. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Glad to uh, glad to see you today. Tell us a little bit about what the Los Angeles Ghostbusters do. You know, we've talked to Ghostbusting chapters all over the country. And, uh, you know, for the second largest city in the country, we only imagine that you guys are doing great things out there for the community and otherwise, as opposed to just busting ghosts. Absolutely. Well, obviously, we keep people safe from the supernatural. Uh, More importantly, we come out, uh, we show off the gear, we take pictures with families and kiddos. Uh, We also fundraise for our friends at the Starlight Children's Foundation. Uh, They're the ones who've been around since the 80s, bringing toys and games, VR headsets, Nintendo Switches to very seriously ill children in the hospital. So all of our fundraising efforts go towards uh, delivering happiness to sick kids because we know that happy kids heal faster. That is an excellent cause to be affiliated with. So when people are coming out here, uh, how are you fundraising? Are you selling things? Are you promoting things? Are you running raffles? What are you doing? Yes, so we typically do raffles. Today we're raffling off a uh, signed still from the movie from our friend William Atherton who played uh, Walter Peck, the bad guy from GB1. Uh, we've got some uh, mugs, we've got some toys, we've got all kinds of goodies for a raffle today. We're going to be doing a raffle today and tomorrow as well. So we try to do uh, raffles typically every day of cons that we go to, just to keep the uh, fundraising happening. And what kind of stuff do you do when you're not visiting cons or busting ghosts? What kind of events and things, or could somebody hire you out and have you guys make an appearance? You've got a lot of people here. You've got at least six or seven here, and I assume that you've got a large number of people that you can send to various events and things. Totally. We have 11 members right now. We've got about five or six rookies who are kind of in the process. Uh, You know, we don't charge for our appearances. We just show up, and we promote people having a good time. We take the pictures. We show off the gear and the props. We want to make sure that when you've had an encounter with the Los Angeles Ghostbusters, you feel like you've met a real-life Ghostbuster. I've got my PK meter. I'll scan you and see if you're a ghost. Maybe you don't even know if you've got a ghost hiding inside of you at some point. Uh, so we like to give people a really authentic Ghostbusters experience and just bring those good feelings wherever we go. So you show up, I assume, at parties sometimes and get-togethers and conventions and you know corporate events and things like that? Totally, yeah, all the above. Uh, sometimes we just, look, we're all friends. We have a good time doing this. We'll just show up and go to In-N-Out and hang out. And uh, I love giving people that spontaneous experience where you never expect to walk into a Ghostbuster on the street. And when somebody walks up to you and scans you with their PK meter and says, hey, how you doing? Uh, we want you to walk away feeling like you really, really had an authentic experience. Do you hold recruiting drives? Are you actively looking to expand the Los Angeles Ghostbusters chapter? So, yeah, we don't necessarily do recruiting drives. We do find people who come up to us at events like this, usually at the cons. Oh, this is really cool. I love Ghostbusters. I'm looking at maybe trying some of this out. And so we have a whole process of bringing you on as a recruit, bringing you through our rookie process, and then eventually promoting you to our full membership. We help people with get, get their suits together, get the patches in the right place, build gear like the Proton Pack, the Slime Blower, all the goodies. We're all geeks that grew up in the 80s when, you know, it wasn't as cool to be a Ghostbuster when you were in the 80s so much. It's a little cooler now. It's more mainstream. So, you know, happiness is healing. Happiness is great for us. It's great for everybody else out there. So we want you to have a good time. At what point do the uh, rookies get slimed? 
<laughs> Day one, typically. Excellent. That's part of the hazing ritual. So, yeah, we so asked them they survive on the, on the that, they're in, basically. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah. If you can survive being slimed two or three times, then, uh, yeah, you may have what it takes. Very nice. You also have to have a strong back in order to carry the very heavy proton pack, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. The, the de facto of the Ghostbuster gear. Absolutely. So, for people wanting more information, maybe you've got some appearances coming up. Well, let's ask first. Are you making any other appearances, say, in the next few months where people can meet you? I know Los Angeles has cons going on all the time. Definitely. You know, our busy season is usually the Halloween season. So uh, late September, moving into October all the way through is uh, usually time that we're kind of jumping every weekend. Uh, we have not planned our schedule out that far yet, and so we'll see. But if you're in the L.A. area and you show up to a Halloween-themed event, a haunt, anything fun like that, there's a good chance that you might encounter the Los Angeles Ghostbusters there trying to contain the PKE surge. Excellent. And for people wanting more information, maybe they're interested in, in uh, being recruited and slimed or just want to maybe contact you. Maybe I've got an event going on, birthday party or something, and I'd like to have a Ghostbusters show up or 11. How can one do that with websites or social medias? Totally. You can always find us on Instagram, uh, LA Ghostbusters. Uh, our website is losangelesgb.com. Uh, there's a, a contact form on that site. So if you would like to request an appearance or just get to know us, hit us up at that link and uh, we'll respond. So it's a shame you didn't give a phone number because then I was going to say who you're going to call. But that's okay. We'll go with that. But anyway, we just want to say thank you for all the good work you do with the Starlight Children's Foundation. Keep up the good work and keep busting those ghosts. Right on, man. Great to meet you. Absolutely fun and enjoyable here at Midsummer Scream, hanging out with the Ghostbusters. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we are out. Mystery. Mystery. Room number seven on The Big Scary Show.
Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so you know what's a thing now, which you might not have really thought about before, is uh, cookie cutter stuff. Uh, Articles, you know, just things being categorized. All in the same way. Uh, take, for example, I don't know if you've, you know, tooled around, done some Google searches for news articles, that type of things, and um, seen uh, these sites that come up and it's called Only in Your State. And it says, oh, the best pizza places, or this, or that. And I noticed this week uh, there's one that was, ooh, this haunted graveyard is also one of the most beautiful in... Ohio, and then I found the article that said like Mississippi or another state. So they have these cookie cutter um, articles, and you click them too, and it's pretty much the same thing. They'll just have a paragraph or two that they'll switch around, but it's this whole, you know, clickbait cookie cutter description thing. And this for Haunted Traction, something you gotta watch out for, uh, because we do fall into that category, you know, a haunt is a haunt to most people, a hayride is a hayride, there's only so many descriptive things that you can use for it, and you don't want to fall into this cookie cutter thing, because then people don't get your identity and know what's going on with it, so the big thing you need to do right now is to listen to your actors, your staff, and even your patrons as your season starts, and, and listen to if they describe your haunt to something different. The last thing you want is a news or one of these, you know, seasonal websites or something describing it as Disney gone bad, ooh, or something gone wrong, because it's the same thing over and over and over. So if you can get some sort of neat description or something that really jumps out about your haunt from the people who are so active with it, you're going to stand out and you're not going to fall into these cookie cutter pieces and become the sugar cookie of the haunt industry. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We're live at Midsummer Scream, having a grand old time, walking around, and I see this row of stuff. I'll tell you what, at first I thought it was like guitar pickups or something, but it turns out it was slider gear. You know, about 100 pounds ago I was a slider, and... uh. 
Haven't done it in a while, but man, these things look really good. They're little bits of flint. They're embedded in, what, plastic or resin or something? I, I'm not sure what's going on here. So let's talk to Cameron, the owner of Insane Han Productions. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, to go with what you said, when people come up to this booth and they see this sliding gear, the first thing they think is, is this soap? Or they say, <laughs> is this candy? And I'm like, no, it's sliding gear. And I pick up my hands, I start making sparks, and their mouths drop, and they're like, whoa, that's cool. Well, what it, what it basically looks like if you're a musician, it looks like a guitar pickup, single coil that you'd find on a Strat, but it's actually flint that is embedded in plastic, and you've got some special glue that you use to attach to gloves, and it's ingenious. Yeah, so the best part about it is the plastic and the E6000 glue work really well together and fuse really well to your gloves, and the best part about it is because it's in plastic versus being a flint rod directly glued to your gloves is it it really lets it really doesn't break down your gloves it just breaks down the plastic and the flint so you don't have to replace your gloves and you can just hold on to them and get a new pair when you go through them and it's not just the uh, gloves either you've got toe caps and and a lot of other stuff here yeah i got stuff that goes on the bottom of your foot i got stuff that goes on top of your foot on your fingers on your palms all over the place wherever you want to put them i've had a lot of sliders um use them all over the place i've also had people use it on their motorcycles i've had people use it on bmx bikes i've had people use it on their knuckles people get so creative with it and it's so funny because when people ask well where do you put it I'm like, well, you can put it anywhere, but, you know, hands and feet work best. You know, I'm, I'm going to date myself really bad here and say, well, I was your age as a slider. You know, we actually, like, had to bend, like, metal bars and attach them with tape to our fingers just in the hope of getting some, you know, small sparks out there. That was before we discovered magnesium and flint and all that great stuff like that, but... uh you have basically just made it so much easier, and God, I hate you so much right now because of all the stuff I could have done back then. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was very simple. Someone had to come up with it at some point, right? But yeah, back in the day, I've I've seen what they've used to look like, and you know those pipe tape fingers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, duct tape all over. But it's gotten a lot better, and it got a lot more professional and a lot cleaner, and you know it's it's only going to get better. I have a lot of good ideas that I think. I can try to work out and see if I can make some new types and see if it works in more places. More and and how long does this last? Is this, are you going to get a season out of one of these at least, or are you going to have to buy, like, two sets? Oh, yeah. Depending depending on the type, some of them have a lot of flint. Some of them don't have as much flint. Some of them depend on what surface you use. Like, if you're going to get the rod that's really big, it's not going to spark very well on asphalt, really rocky asphalt. The big pucks with wide amounts of flint are used for forest concrete. So the different kinds are for different surf, uh, surfaces. But um, no matter what, you're going to get a spark out of each of them. And depending on which one you get, it can be from one season to four or five seasons. And a season being like six nights. Okay. Yeah. So how have how did you come up with this idea? Were you a slider at, an, at a haunted attraction and said, I could do better than what they had there? No, so when I did my home haunt in 2019, I got a pair of gloves from Home Depot, went online on Amazon, found $10 flint rods, tried to glue them onto my gloves, did not work. They just ripped off, ripped up the gloves, ripped off, and I was like, this sucks. I need to infuse it with something. So what I got was a 3D printer, and I was like trying to design some stuff on like CAD or whatever, and I didn't know how to use CAD and all this stuff, but I was trying to figure it out, and eventually I got it. And I found a mold that worked really well, 
and then I started using it, and I was like, oh, I can move it around and make it look like this, or I can move it around and make, oh, I can buy this bigger flint rod. Oh, I'll do that. And so it just improved, and I started testing it with a bunch of sliders that I know, and they've loved it so far, and so I've just started selling them and marketing them. And the rest, they say, is history. Yeah. So now I know over here in the Hall of Shadows, the Decade Brigade has been putting on shows and things like that. Are they using these products, or are they still making their own stuff? Yeah, so they're they're actually really interested in my gloves that I sell. Uh, one of them does use my palm pucks, um, and they're trying to test those out right now in the Hall of Shadows. Um, the palm puck doesn't actually have any flint in it however the plastic is really good on convention floors and makes it really slick so you go really far so the pucks are super slippery which is what you want if you want to slide really far and long just like the decayed brigade but they're super into my gloves and so i'm trying to work something out with them Uh, i've worked at knott's berry farm with a couple of them so i have some close connections with some of them and um you know i hope things work out in the future Sounds like a, a revolutionary new uh, product for an industry that a lot, not a lot of people actually use. Yeah. But it's a, it's a fun product. It looks like it's easy, and you literally just glue this to your glove with E6000. That's it. And it, and it lasts for at least a season, it looks yeah. like, for regular wear. For people wanting more information, if you're a slider at a haunt, at, whether you're in Southern California or anywhere else in the country and you want to buy some of this stuff, where can they get more information, websites, social medias, etc.? Yeah, you can find me on insanehauntproductions.com. That is where I sell my sliding gear online. On there, you can also see our user guide, our FRQs, our productions as well are listed on there. So you can find more information about the productions. And you can find everything you need to know to get started and everything you need to get started and all the proper, proper links to stuff that is not stuff that I sell but are required for sliders such as knee pads, toe tips, recommended shoes. I give all the information out because I want you to learn how to slide. Um, And then you can also find me on Instagram at Insane Haunt Productions as well. Fantastic Cameron. One last question. Will any of these go on a knee pad? Yeah, I'm thinking these ones have uh, worked on a couple of my friends knee pads right here. This round puck with nine dots on them of flint. it's wide enough that you can glue it right on the knee pad. And I haven't done it myself, I'll be honest, but um, from what I've heard from other people, it's worked out. So a couple of them, yeah. That would, that would be interesting because the stuff I used to use, you know, would wear out so quickly. I never tried to make it spark or anything, yeah. but, you know, just rollerblading gear was what I was doing back in the day. And, yeah. again, that shows my age as well. God, yeah, I'm lot, so old. A lot of sliders <laughs> are talking about recaps and wanting to get new types of recaps. Uh, they, they miss the old types back in the day and... They're also thinking about having flint in the recaps, and so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out one step at a time. Very nice. Well, you can follow his progress at InsaneHauntProductions.com. Cameron, pleasure to speak to you here on the Big Scary Show. I look forward to seeing these things being used at haunts all over the country in the very near future. Once again, InsaneHauntProductions.com. My name is Drew Badger for the TheBigScaryShow.com, and we are out. Here. In this primitive river-bottom wilderness in southern Arkansas, along with deer, duck, crane, and beaver, lurks a creature that walks upright. Whether it is a man, a monster, or a myth, no one really knows. What we do know is the people around Falk, Arkansas, 
say they have seen such a creature nearly 250 times since 1954. And that this creature, whatever it is, emits one of the most terrifying sounds ever recorded. The haunt season is upon us, and along with it, the possibility of catching the dreaded Haunter's Flu. You won't hear the CDC talking about it, so it's up to me to give you this old crone's advice on how to prevent it. It's an old wives' tale that being out in the cold night air can make you sick. I should know. I was an old wife for over 30 years. Just not to the same man. (laughs) But what is true is that being in the cold night air can make you sick when your ability to fight off colds and viruses is at an all-time low. Doing typical haunter things like long hours, little sleep, high stress, bad diet, it all lowers your immune system. Add to that getting hot and sweaty under a costume or a mask then going out into the cold air can be a shock to your system. Oh, and let's not forget all the bugs the public brings to the haunt with them. To be honest, if COVID taught us anything, it's to wash our hands often and to stay out of each other's personal space. So other than those obvious things, you can also start taking vitamins, particularly vitamin C. Trying to eat at least one good meal a day that doesn't come out of a drive-thru and then cry yourself to sleep just a little bit earlier than usual. I also recommend telling your staff to do all of this as well. Plus advise them to put a jacket on before going outside, even if they are hot and sweaty. Tell them the old crone said to. No one wants to get sick during the busiest part of their season, or worse, get an epidemic or hot flu through the whole staff. Well, it's time for me to throw a few extra ingredients into the pot so the old crone doesn't get the haunter's flu. So until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here live at Midsummer Scream. It is Sunday afternoon, the crowds are still hot and heavy. Everyone is buying, everyone is selling, everyone's having a grand old time, it looks like, down here. And it ain't over yet. We still got a few more hours in the show, but a couple hours ago, I happened to uh, do a little live broadcast with Haunting You. If you don't remember Haunting You, they were on our show when we discussed podcasts. Kayoni Hutton was in charge of that. He's sitting next to me now having a well-deserved break, I imagine, after broadcasting live for quite a while. Kayoni, how are you doing? I am fantastic, and Badger, it is so great to see you. Oh, man, as is you, man. I, you are now starting to travel places, and I think that's fantastic. It, it's been very exciting. I really got to give a shout-out to uh, uh, to Fear Expo. They really opened a lot of doors for us that would not have allowed us to, uh, to start doing this. Sure. So, so, you know, they offered free booth back at the Fear Expo Live back in February. That was the first time we were able to get out, made a lot of good contacts there, and that has enabled us to do a ton over the last six months. So it has been fantastic. Including coming all the way out to Long Beach. But, oh, yes, that's right. You're not traveling that far. <laughs> uh, no, I am not traveling that far, not compared to you at least. 
uh, seven-hour drive, you know, down from San Francisco. But I just moved out to that area uh, literally two weeks ago, and this just the timing worked out beautifully. It, 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 it is. And uh, your impressions of what has to be the largest convention that most haunters will ever go to? No question. I am absolutely blown away by, one, the number of vendors that they have here on the show floor, but more by the people. You know, they opened... 6 p.m. on, well, I guess it was about 6.30 on Friday evening. Uh, and, early. and even then, there were just a ton of people. It has been out, almost overwhelming, the number of people, the number of things to see here at Midsummer Scream. Did you happen to get out Saturday before the doors opened and walk down the causeway? I did Be- not, but I saw your pictures. The lines are insane. I've used that term several times this weekend. Well-deserved. All the way down, back, all the way down, back. It was unbelievable. You know, I try to do a little bit of a live show 10 or 15 minutes before the doors open. I couldn't even get down there because they had literally wrapped people around and were putting them in lines like you do when you go to ride rides at the fair or something. And I just could not get back there. But the number of people here has been staggering because, you know, the last time the show was here in 2019, they were estimating about 30,000 people. That number has been blown out of the no water question. this weekend. No question. Absolutely. It is just an insane, the amount of people. And everyone's buying. Everyone's selling. Everyone's having a good time. I've there have been no interesting events, shall we say, regarding law enforcement or anything. There was a little fire alarm thing yesterday, which, you know, was handled rather quickly, but... Overall, this this has been a very smooth-running show. A lot of people are walking around carrying packages, and our neighbors here are buying or selling their products, and everyone's having a grand time. Agreed. I, I have, you know, every time I come to one of these shows, I hope I'm going to bring in more money than I spend. That is not the case here. I have just found so many awesome vendors and so many things that I absolutely need for my haunts that I, I'm shelling out. It's terrible. Uh, my daughter has spent almost all of her graduation money on a bunch of things here, and she's not missing it at all, you know. She's going off to college next week, and she needed these valuable supplies. Absolutely. So it, it, it's wonderful to see that. But like you said, you know, just so many things being sold here, things that you absolutely need, want, must have, you know, making my Christmas list already. You know, and, and not only big things like Immortal Masks or CFX, who's here, but, you know, the typical stuff you'd find at a horror con, the, the handmade art, the crafts, the paintings, the drawings, the, you know, the stickers and patchwork people, the t-shirt people, the music people, everything is here. I couldn't believe how big pins are here. Like, That's everywhere, every place here. you look, someone has different styles of pins. And the number of artists amazed me like you know i'm used to like west coast concerts convention fear expo it's a trade show and very uh, i'm going to say focused on on training haunters on bringing new products to market this has much more of a feeling of a convention where you just have a wide variety of artisans and craftsmen showing their wares right next to the big haunt vendors so it's been very cool for me i've always said this is a hybrid show you know you've got the professional haunters you've got the halloween horror nights you've got Reign of Terror Haunted House down here. You've got Haunted Houses galore in the Hall of Shadows, which we haven't even discussed yet. (laughs) You've got, you know, prop makers. Froggy's Fog is here. You know, other fog companies are here. Things that every professional and home haunter can use. But then they've also got, like you said, 
you know, the lady behind next to me selling soaps, the lady on the other side selling these amazing decorative products here, T-shirt and clothing vendors and things for everybody who likes not only horror movies but haunted houses, all kinds of horror, everything, pop culture, sci-fi, you know, if you like zombies, ghosts, witches, there's a lot of vintage stuff here. There's a lot of ultra-modern stuff here. Something for everybody. Something for everybody. That's exactly it. I have Froggy's Fog, which was uh, very exciting for me because they were introducing their new um, handhelds, basically. We did a dual live broadcast at the same time between yeah. Froggy's and our show. Awesome. So. awesome. First time we've ever done that. Yeah, I, that, I got on the wait list for that because I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you do, especially <laughs> exactly. when you're at sea. <laughs> That's right. It's not like San Francisco doesn't get fog anyway, right? If, if I could find a way to bottle that and bring it to my haunts, I would be in great shape. <laughs> that 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 would be uh, that would actually be a pretty cool idea. We got we got to work on that. Maybe we can talk to the Froggies people or somebody about that. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about the Hall of Shadows. I assume you have walked through and maybe gone through a couple of the haunts. I did. I was able to get in there, squeeze in before the show opened this morning. So not there were no actors there, but they let me walk through a couple of the haunts before they opened and just I am very impressed with one the number of haunts that they were able to set up in there the number of and the quality like back in the back corner I cannot remember the name of it hopefully you do they basically built a mountain like a castle built into a mountain foliage all around it it is one of the most intricate facades I have ever seen at any haunt much less here for a three-day convention it's um, it's fascinating. You walk in there, and there's just so many. And so many of those people there are not professional-level haunters. They're home haunters. Yeah. And they bring you a sample of what they're going to be having this year. I assume they're going to break down most of this stuff and literally go start setting it up in, in a month or so in front of their houses. It's amazing. Absolutely. Cal Haunts uh, had a very... Uh, Impressive display is what I think is the best. That's way to a good point word. It. Yes. Yeah. Impressive is, is definitely a good word. Shout out to the Calhouns people who do this every year right there at the main entrance. It, Absolutely. It is very nice. That's been one of the coolest things for me. Uh, getting introduced to the California haunt community. I'm meeting so many people from, especially not Scary Farm. They seem to have a huge contingent here. Well, you know, they're one of the big, one of the big three or four out here who do the big, you know, Halloween stuff. You got a Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. You've got Warner Brothers, I think, has done some stuff in the past. You've got Not Scary. You've got lots of other stuff around here. So, yes, you know, just just hanging out with some of those people. And not only is it a networking opportunity, but those are fun places to go during the Halloween season. Absolutely. And I got introduced to a number of people from Reign of Terror. Uh, they tell me the largest haunt in Southern California. Something that takes like an hour to walk through their display. And I've gotten to pick their brains and uh, steal some secrets that I hope I'll be able to incorporate into my own haunting. I, I think Bruce told me the number was 135 different rooms. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just I cannot wait to see it in person. No, I go to Netherworld every year. It <laughs> takes me almost an hour to go through that. But they don't have 135 rooms, I don't think. Right, I don't think so either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. So, oh, my gosh. As we all are. you know, this is a, And it's a good time. I know it's build season. I know haunters are actually, you know, probably not able to come out here as much as much as they want because let, let's face it today's july 31st tomorrow is august 1st one month from august 1st is september 1st and that's when so many haunts actually open so you know it's getting to be crunch time but this is for the general public in an area of about 15 20 million people this is a great kickoff and primer for the halloween season absolutely for me 
I love coming to these because I get super energized, I get inspired, and then I'm able to take all that energy and go start working on my Honda as soon as I head home. It's, it doesn't get any better than doing something like this. Absolutely. And, of course, the weather being in the 70s. Ha, ha, ha. All you Midwest and Southern folks. I do not miss the 90 degrees and 99% humidity that Maryland has right now. No, the uh, humidity today is sitting at about 13%. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's enjoy it. I am absolutely enjoying it. And then I got to go drive to Vegas tomorrow. It's going to be like 105. <laughs> but again, it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just keep telling myself that. So, Keone, for people wanting more information about Haunting You, tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, where can people catch your podcast and catch your live feeds and catch everything like that, website, social media, and the haunt that you run. Of course. So we are the Haunting You podcast. We are a bunch of home haunters who want to open our own pro-haunted house in a few years. And so we're documenting our process, uh, our progress from home haunt to pro-haunt through the podcast. We bring in uh, experts from the haunting industry to talk about all of the facets of running and operating your own haunted house. Then why was I brought in? Because <laughs> you guys know people. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, we, we know you know experts. everybody. We know experts. There we go. Yeah, I so like but we, di- we that's take why a- I'm a consultant. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I know people. Every episode, we do a deep dive into some topic on operating a haunt or so or highlighting vendors, highlighting cool. Uh, we had uh, Hunters Against Hate on just a couple of episodes ago, talking about all the cool work that they do. And that'd be a good uh, convention for you guys to go cover next year. I, ho- I hope to get out to it sometime. We, we had a great time there. I've heard it is it is a lot of fun. So, what are the websites and the social medias where people can catch all this? Yeah, so you can find us uh, all on basically every place that you can find podcasts. We are there. But definitely go check out our website, Haunting You, with just the letter U, huntingyou.com. Uh, and, of course, facebook.com slash huntingyou and Instagram at huntinguniversity. Don't follow us on Twitter. Nothing ever gets posted there. <laughs> So for the live feed that you've been doing off and on this weekend, is that on your site now or does that get archived or put up you know, later once it runs live or yeah. once it runs live, is that it? Yeah, the ones we, so we just did finish a live show. It is already on our Facebook page. And as soon as I'm able to get to a reasonable, uh, reasonably priced Internet connection, <laughs> it will be up on our YouTube and we'll blast it out via our normal podcast channels as well. Excellent. Keone, always a pleasure to see you, my friend. I'm very happy to see how much you have expanded and grown in just a little short time that you've been doing this. And uh, I wish you nothing but success, especially out here with your new West Coast Ventures. Appreciate it, Badger. It's always a pleasure. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at Midsummer Scream. And we are out. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane. Only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers. Where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. We're live on the floor of Midsummer Scream, having a grand time, talking to a lot of folks. I saw this guy, hadn't seen him in years when... We did a backstage tour of the Not Scary Farm back one of the first years that uh, I believe Midsummer Scream was going on. Now they're in their fifth year, and they've got a big display out here for the L.A. Haunted Hayride. 
We mention them on the news every now and then. They do a lot of really, really cool stuff in the Los Angeles area. Very scary stuff, I might add. Ted, how's the show been? So far, so great. We're super excited to be back here in Long Beach at, at Midsummer Scream. It's been a couple of years, so we have our awesome booth that's set up, and we're doing a big announcement presentation uh, tomorrow, which is uh, Sunday for Midsummer Scream. And since this is not airing until after that, if there's anything you can tease us with a little bit, and if you can't, that's fine too, but uh, that's why we wanted to chat. We understand you got some big news coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll give you some little small tidbits. Uh, you know, for folks who have may have visited us at the L.A. Haunted Hayride maybe the past uh, couple of years, uh, you've found yourself in a strange town named Midnight Falls. And, uh, well, Midnight Falls is strange because it's always celebrating its 13th annual Halloween festival. Great it's number. always Halloween night, and it's always 1985. It's Sounds so, perfect. It's where, perfect. Where can I move then? When can I move? It's waiting there for you right now. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it, it, despite those issues that this town has, well, you know, it's uh, it does have some changes, has some mutations over the years. Uh, we have some returning favorite attractions like our trick-or-treat uh, uh, attraction where people can actually go through the neighborhoods of Midnight Falls and do some trick-or-treating and meet some of the town residents. Uh, but some of the other... Other uh, attractions, uh, you know, are, are suffering some of these mutations. Uh, one of those uh, attractions uh, is our uh, beloved friends over at the Midnight Mortuary, a family-owned and operated business for many, many years. But they're, they're suffering some issues right now. Uh-oh. Pretty big uh, pest problem. The, uh, the the mortician has his hands full, uh, you know, bearing a lot of uh, bodies out back. But the problem is whatever he's bearing out back seems to be popping back up and so, uh, so he's got a big uh, pest infestation that he's having to deal with, oh, and Lord. so those are some of the things that we might be facing there at the Midnight Mortuary. Uh, there's a couple of other businesses that we're going to be able to to visit. They've been there for a long time. We just haven't been able to see these businesses. Uh, I will wait until our announcement event to get into the details oh, with sure. that. But uh, you know, uh, another part of Midnight Falls is its town square, and there's a lot of town square residents that kind of uh, mill about and hang out and and, and meet and greet the the, the visitors of this uh, Halloween festival. And so we have a couple new uh, residents that are going to be coming in and, and, and visiting Midnight Falls. Uh, well, we've got a, a, a new barber in town who's going to make sure things are high and tight and everybody's <laughs> looking great uh, for the festival. And so uh, so we've got a couple folks joining him as well as our returning folks that we love so much. So in a Long-winded answer, that's some of the fun things that people can expect at the L.A. Haunted Hayride this season. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, you know, when that announcement does come through, please let us know so we can put it on the news. What are the dates for the L.A. Haunted Hayride this year? Or at least if you know opening night and where people can get more information regarding tickets, the schedule, maybe some more teasers out there with websites and social medias. What would be the best place for them to find that info? The best way is to you know keep our, your eyes on all our social channels of L.A. Haunted Hayride, LAHauntedHayride.com for all of the dates when all of that's officially announced. And uh, and that's where you're going to be able to find your tickets and everything. So you can follow us on all of those typical uh, uh, stations of, of, of Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook and all of that stuff. 
Well, sounds like it's going to be a great year at the L.A. Haunted Hayride. Ted, always a pleasure to see you, sir. It's been way too long. Yeah, it's And to um, once again, folks, L.A. Haunted Hayride. Check them out on all the social medias. Look for them on their website. Opening night coming soon, and some very interesting things may be happening. So if you're in the L.A. area, be sure to check them out. My name is Drew Badger here live in Long Beach at Midsummer Scream, and we're out. Sam Haynes, Sam Haynes, Nature, Nature, on the Big Scary Show, Big Scary Show, Big Scary Show, Big Scary Show.
Hello everybody, it's Drew Badger. We are winding down Midsummer Scream. It is Sunday afternoon and it has been one heck of a ride, for lack of any understanding. Uh, you hear it's not as raucous and loud outside because we are in a little bit of a quieter area with the director, the CEO, the big cheese himself of Midsummer Scream, Mr. David Markland. David, three years you've been gone and now you're back. And all I can say is, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, people look like they were happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely, um, it just seems like the, the delay only increased demand for people to go out and see some fun, spooky stuff. And we definitely have a full house of every, just about everybody who's big in the spooky world with us here today. It, it has been fantastic. The, uh, the crowds on Friday were unbelievable. You know, you expect Friday to be slow, but I've seen busier, I've seen less busy Saturdays than what you had Friday. So it just proved that people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for three years for this. And um, looks like the results speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, I mean, it's a big crowd, and uh, we're really proud of people on the show floor. It, it's uh, a lot of people, but people can move around the way we have it laid out. Um, so if you can see some video from the show floor, you'll see what I mean. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You sound a little tired. I can, I, mean, I can understand with all the <laughs> running around, putting out fires and all that stuff. But, you know, and, and, of course, you don't know numbers at this point, and I wouldn't ask you for numbers, but I remember three years ago you were predicting 30,000, and I think you were close to that, oh, yeah. if not above it. And I have talked to some people today that are estimating crowds here this weekend at <clears throat> 50,000. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but it does look like there's more people here than there have been in any other years. No, definitely. I mean, we kind of were projecting... Uh, 40,000 and I think that's what we hit we do we have an idea because we sold out yesterday and um, but you know numbers are are funny things like <laughs> you know but we base it on you know how many people are coming inside um, each day um, and uh, yeah it's, it's interesting that the venue counts up by how many times people come inside so if they go out for food and come back in they count it as twice so they're going to say 50,000 I like to be realistic with those numbers and say 40,000 because the ne next year we can say 45 or 50 sure. and the show is still growing and and again you know it looks like the entire convention center here has been sold out or at least space utilized for all this stuff the rooms third floor second floor the ground floor everything does not look like there's a space that was left unused in this case are you are you worried that you might run out of space here i mean yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're um, in your fifth year, and you're selling out the entire Long Beach Convention Center. Yeah, I mean, we've taken up all the space. They do have another uh, arena space as well. Um, whether or not we're moving to there yet, I'm not sure. You know, we want to. It's all about making a really good experience. No matter how big we get, we don't want to get to the size where uh, people just feel. I mean, lost. But we want to, it's all about experience. So Understood. we'll grow if it feels comfortable, not just grow for growing's sake. And uh, right now, it, feel, it feels big. It feels like a city, um, a, a Halloween city for us. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. But you, you so have my, my suggestion is people need to just buy their tickets early because we have a lot of people <laughs> who are very upset that we sold out of Saturday. Um, and I'm like, you get, just got to buy it early. Like, it's not we, – we put tickets on sale relatively early. So. so buy tickets, like, next week for next year? <laughs> or do you have dates for next year already set? We do, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It is the last weekend of July again. We won't be putting tickets on sale probably until early next year. 
Um, and uh, sometimes we did, you know, we did a, a Black Friday special uh, in 2019. Yes. And uh, which is awesome. It was great. People were excited about it. But then, of course, in 2020, when they would have redeemed those tickets, things went away for two years. So we're a little skittish about doing that one again, mm-hmm. uh, unless unless we can put down very specific terms. Because people, you know, after two or three years, they're like, you know, you know, people want their money because they're like, they're not sure if anything's ever coming back. Um, but uh, early 2020, so sorry, early 2023, tickets will go on sale. But the event is the last weekend of July. Uh, of next year. Check your calendars, folks. I'm sure they're on your phones. Now, one of the things I noticed this year was that you really upped your game with the celebrities. You know, you've always had, you know, a, f- a handful, but this year it just seems like you've got an entire celebrity row. Is that trend expected to continue? Has that been successful? The people who've come have said, you know, I'm pleased with the amount of people that have come and visited me or the quality of the uh, those people. You know, is that going to be expected to expand again? We're going to take feedback for it and, you know, talk to everybody from the celebrities themselves to the vendors um, to just everybody we talk to. Like, is it something they enjoyed? Is it is it a good utilization of resources? Um, we, you know, we love having, you know, uh, these horror celebrities with us and we talk to them and, you know, if they want to come back, you know, we, we're usually quick to say yes, but, you know, they um, their time is valuable. So we'll see, you know. I don't know how I'm being a little vague. We're not sure, you know. Yeah, of course, but uh, it is. We always like to have some, but we did. We went uh, a little big this year, and people because people wanted to come, and we made good, really good relationships. And the management teams that there's like Celeb Works, uh, Sean Clark, Peter Delamore, uh, uh, and uh, really a, really good folks to who brought people in and trusted us with the event, and so we'll explore with them too. And and I assume that there was a line of people waiting to uh, bring their stuff to the Hall of Shadows, the Home Haunters, the Semi Pro people, and. It looks fantastic in there as it did again. Is this the same number that you've had? Or are you consistently keeping it at a certain number, or is there room to expand in that? Well, we have to find a bigger hall. I mean, it's <laughs> whatever, like 75,000 square feet in there of haunts. It's, it's hard to – we have to turn people away. Mm. So um, we're, we're looking for that ways to possibly move it into a different – one of these different halls here. But it means shrinking our show floor or expanding. I don't know. It's uh, – we have to see what we can do and what the resources are, but uh, definitely that is the you know one of the hallmarks of the event and what makes us really stand out. So we'll see. Well, again, you had three years to plan for this one. You'll have definitely less time to do that for next year. So you know, all I can say is right now is congratulations. You know, it's been three years since you were here last, and it looks like everybody's had a good time. I'm sure there've been a few fires that have had to been put out. There was that fire alarm thing yesterday, and a. I'm sure there's some lost and found issues and a couple of other issues, and but nobody seems to have been arrested. Nobody seems to have gone well, away, and well, I mean, nothing I, that I would know about. Well, the way I mean, <laughs> when you do events and you get into the, you know, with us with you know, 40,000 people, think of it as a small, as a city of forty thousand people, and what happens in a city of forty thousand people? Everything. Everything <laughs> happens, you know, and that's just what happens. And so if they're here all day, things happen. So, um, but I think we have, uh, with the support of the you know, city of Long Beach. Um, fire department and police department you know there's things happening i don't even know because they just like they deal with they're like yeah it happens in in long beach and it just happens to be here this weekend so no worries and all uh, you know wrapping this up again folks midsummer scream 2023 is coming the last weekend of september i haven't looked at my calendars for those dates last weekend of july last weekend of july why did i say december i don't know maybe because the first weekend or early 2023 tickets will go on sale I don't know. Let, let me let me. Uh, yes, let the man right who here. knows what he's talking about. Okay, say the, this. here's our it's lineup uh, within in the world of <laughs> my company's Black Hat Orange. Here's what we got going on: uh, end of October, 
we were doing Cemetery Lane, which is a haunted, uh, a trick-or-treat experience. So it's a haunt, but made for kids. It's mostly outdoors. Uh, and then in Ju- early December, that and that's at Heritage Square, Los Angeles. First weekend of December, second through the fourth, we have Season Screamings, a holiday uh, horror convention. Bring it back, yes. And then um, Ticks to Midsummer Screen go on sale early next year, and the event is the last weekend of July, July. 20, 2023. All right, David, again, congratulations on a fantastic weekend. The Big Scary Show is honored to be here, and we'll be here as long as you'll let us to continue to come here. Once again, folks, Drew Badger, we are winding down Midsummer Scream. We're going to see what we can find and finish our last-second shopping. Once again, folks, next year, be here, and we're out. Your actors, your props, yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Boncaron.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Von Caron Productions, and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three hosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim. Check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.